Star Trek, our favorite frontier. These are the podcasts of Aaron and Polly, their ongoing mission to explore all things Trek, to seek out cool things and pick them apart, to boldly complain as no one's complained before. I'm Aaron. And this is Paul. And welcome to another exciting episode of Star Trek with Aaron and Polly. And hey, this still isn't our part two episode of Star Trek Enterprise, the Mirror Universe episode. We still haven't gotten around to doing that. It's coming, I promise. I'm It'll pretty sure our, we told you that it wasn't going to... I'm pretty sure I said it wasn't going to happen. It's going to be in our special Patreon backers uh uh, edition. So, you know, if you're one of our if you're one of our Patreon subscribers, you know, you can get it there. That's what I think we're going to do. <laughs> and if you're willing to contribute to a Patreon <laughs> <laughs> for this quality content, high quality, high quality. Only the highest quality. We spare no expense to bring you this podcast. Almost as high quality as what we would have assumed Star Trek 4 would have been, you know, the the sequel to Star Trek Beyond. Yeah, so they had hired uh, Chris Pine and Chris Hemsworth to play father and son in some type of time travel. They didn't actually hire them though. weren't they having uh, the, weren't they having uh, contract issues with both of those guys? Well, so that's what ultimately led to the demise of Star Trek Four. Is that con- uh, Paramount tried to renegotiate the contract at a lower rate since the Star Trek movies aren't as bountiful for them as uh, originally intended. So they tried to renegotiate previously discussed rates and the Hemsworth and Pine are like, Oh, well, if, if that's what you're going to pay us, then, then no, we're, we're not going to do your movie. Right. Thank you. No. Yes. And, uh, you know, they, they, they have every right to make that call. They, they had discussed, uh, rates, uh, different. And, and even though quite frankly, it kind of shows that maybe their, their hearts weren't in the franchise, um, you know, the, the, the deal changed on them, uh, and, uh, business call, they, they decided to, to, to not continue. So, uh, and that was a while back, but it was recently announced, or I, I should say confirmed or rumored or whatever that the, the entire project has, has been shelled for now, which is a massive disappointment because now we've gone through the 50th anniversary of Star Trek and then some without, a new movie. You know, it's funny. You know, the uh, CBS side of the house, which owns the television rights, has just, you know, put all their money in on Star Trek, right? And I mean, they are they're producing new content. You know, we've got, you know, Star Trek two, uh, Star Trek uh, Discovery Season 2 starts the later this week. We've had, you know, four of their short episode uh, Star Trek shows. Uh, we've got the Picard show coming up. We've got you know some other content coming up, including an animated series plus animated short treks. I mean, CBS has gone all in on Star Trek, and Paramount can't get out of its own fucking way to make a goddamn Star Trek movie. Yeah, which I mean, seems and, you know, the easier lift. 
you know? It really kind of does. Yeah. You know, I, I feel like, okay, fine, sorry, sucks. Let's figure something else out. I mean, they, there was all this talk of the Tarantino project, which I'm assuming is still happening. I think that's uh, still in is still in the cooker. But you know, I the fact that they couldn't get their act together for this again. You know, don't get me wrong. The Star Trek current, the 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 Kelvin verse Star Trek movies haven't been all. I mean, I I, I do enjoy them, um, but you know, they're not life changing. And I think part of it is uh, part of Paramount's decision to make this judgment call is that you know. Star Star Trek the original did well because you know there, there was a, this kind of void of that, that space demand. adventure cinema yeah, yeah. Um, but not just for Star Trek but for any space adventure and now that Star Wars is back there's there's less pent up demand sure. and doing a Star Trek movie that's in the vein of Star Wars which is basically what the Kelvin verse is right. you know the, the appeal is not the same because you can get your Star Wars in your Star Wars. No, you're absolutely right. Well, and you know, two thousand Star Trek two thousand nine was really sort of a fresh take, uh, and in my opinion, uh, Into Darkness and Beyond were rather derivative works, um, and, and not nearly as strong as two thousand nine. And that, and I think that shows. Um, I I am hopeful that we get the Quentin Tarantino film that uh, you know has been has been much talked about. And you know maybe maybe this greases the skids for that um, because you know they were planning they were planning on doing Star Trek Four before they did the Tarantino film even though I think Tarantino's working on his other movie right now but uh, I don't know maybe something will happen yeah hopefully you know it's it, it's a shame we have, we we by the time Star Trek comes back in cinema we'll we'll be ready for a new for. You know, given our our current rate of rebooting franchises, we'll be ready for some type of reboot. And and I, I think the I think they need to go back to the drawing board. I'm, I'm pretty sure the the cast as we know it, the you know trying to revisit that original series cast, yeah. it's not going to work. Anymore. No, I don't think so either. You I, know, I, I think, you've lost Anton Yelchin, and yeah. Pine's not going to come back. Yeah, I mean, if you're not gonna if you're not gonna pay your lead what you previously agreed to pay him, I mean, I I, I absolutely get it. I, I think I've said before, I don't think Chris Pine is extremely talented, and if he's gonna make his money, he's got to make it now. And you know, it doesn't do him any it doesn't do his career any favors by taking a cut and pay to uh, be a lead actor in a major motion picture. Uh, that's just not the right move for him to make in, in his career. It's too bad. I, I was interested in seeing the Chris Hemsworth, uh, Chris Pine meetup in uh, you know the, the the fourth Star Trek Kelvin universe film. But you know that's fine. That's fine. We'll move on to something else. And we've got plenty of other Star Trek to keep us busy, right? We, we do. We have a we've got a, a cornucopia um, of uh, a, a veritable horn of plenty. Of yes, <laughs> of Star Trek. Um, you know, in the in the past couple of months, I think the last time we recorded one of these, we had seen the first short treks uh, featuring Tilly. Right. Uh, and since then, the other three short treks have premiered. One featuring uh, a focus on uh, the the discovery a thousand years from now after it's kind of become sentient, um, as well as an episode focusing on Saru, and then another one focusing on Harry Mudd. And um, and I think we're we're, we're not going to like give a full half hour reviews on each one like we did with the Tilly episode, but I think we can briefly kind of talk about them. Um, I, I don't know about you, Aaron. I, I feel like 
I don't. I feel like the first short treks was cute, and in my opinion, the most successful. You know, you and I haven't talked much about it, but I gathered, you know, just in the the few scant remarks you made to me uh, a week or so ago, that you did not much care for the remaining short treks. And I got to say, I dug all four of them. I feel like they're all throwaway entertainment. I feel like the second one was was extremely derivative and and something I've seen a million times before. I feel like the Saru one, honestly, was well done. Uh, you know, I, I I just feel like the ending kind of went against everything that Starfleet is for. Yeah, but we've we've seen. You know, what, what you're referring to is. Uh, uh, Captain Georgiou, or at the time Lieutenant Georgiou, bending the rules of the Prime Directive to you know help out, uh, to rescue, to recruit uh, a Kelpian to yeah. join Starfleet, and we've seen that before in Star Trek. We've seen that in Next Generation. We've seen it where uh, you know Captain Picard has to make that decision to uh, rescue a a. Uh, a person who whose planet's dying, you know, who who is from a non warp traveling culture. So yeah. you know, the prime directive applied. It you know, but you know, Giorgio says I had to bend a lot of rules to get make this happen. I, I had to. This is not something we do. You know. Yeah. Uh, no, I mean, fair point. I, I, know, I think that one was fine. To to your earlier point that it was throwaway entertainment. That is exactly what all of that was. Uh, all of that was was bubblegum entertainment. It was a, it was enough to whet your appetite. It's like that sample you get at the at Sam's Club or Costco when you, when you when you go and hey, try this little piece of pizza. You know, mm, you might want to buy it. You know, I mean, it's I, I, that is exactly what I got out of that. I, I was entertained. I was in the world of Star Trek for a little bit. Um, I got to see that Kelpians are actually named after the food they eat. They eat kelp. So they're called Kelpians. Uh-huh, uh-huh, um, uh-huh. That means that if you know Starfleet were to come and find me, I would be a Takovian. I, I, I'm, I would be okay with that. <laughs> I would also be a Takovian. Yeah. A I, 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 I Takovian. You know, ooh, yes, he's, he's the Takovian. <laughs> but, you know, I, the Harry Mudd one. I thought the Harry, the Harry Mudd episode was really funny. Uh, I got. Yeah, I'll I got be honest. It. I didn't like the Harry Mud one, and, and I, I will say, I will preface that by saying, I don't like Rain Wilson in general. So I, I have a hard time seeing past Rain Wilson into whatever character he's portraying. I honestly don't think I've seen him in anything other than Star Trek. What have, What else would I have seen him in? Wasn't he in The Office? See, I don't watch The Office. Neither do I, because yeah. I, every time I've seen. He annoys me. I'm not a fan of Steve Carell either. Um, so there's pretty much nothing in the office for me. Yeah. I, I just find that I've seen I've seen Ring Wilson a couple of things. He was in the Meg. Um, he's been in a couple of things, and he's just he just strikes me as the same character in every in every time I've seen him. Just kind of well, this since, annoying guy. Since I've only ever seen him as Harry Mudd, I'm enjoying that. Well, there you go. So, but you I, know, I, long story short, I thought the I thought the short treks did what they needed to do. Short treks needed to keep us interested in Star Trek and help us remember that you know, yes, we've got this uh, subscription to CBS All Access, and uh, there there are occasionally good things on it. Um, you know, yeah. there's good <laughs> things being wholly Star Trek related. In fact, you know. Clearly, someone was listening to our podcast when we said that the secret to CBS All Access is to have something Star Trek on all the time. 
And so, you know, we, we, we've talked about, you know, previously about the Picard show that's coming up and that's going to debut, I think in September of this year. Um, they have announced that they're doing a, you know, Star Trek, uh, sort of lower decks sort of cartoon show that will, uh, I think it's being done by the same folks who do Rick and Morty, right? Am I am I talking? You know, I'm not sure. Uh, is it Rick and Morty? Is it Robot Chicken? No, I think it's the Rick and the Rick and Morty uh, guy who's doing the uh, uh, the lower decks. Yeah, yeah I'm not sure. Decks. Well, I mean, we you know we didn't we decided not to research it before discussing <laughs> it, but uh, but yeah, someone of of some acclaimed fame of some acclaimed animated fame is doing. Uh, they, they ordered it. They have a two season order. Uh, for the show, uh, Lower Decks, uh, half hour animated series. Um, holy shit, Aaron, you are correct. Bing, Be- bing, from, bing, 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 I win! Uh, from the Rick and Morty head writer and executive producer, Mike McMahon. Yeah. Um, and he's also a longtime Star Trek fan. Yes, so yes. Uh, and we're going to get, after uh, season two of Discovery wraps up, we're going to get animated short treks. Mm hmm. And, if you can believe this, they finally uh, uh, announced that they're actually going to do that uh, uh, Section 31 uh, Mirror Universe Captain Giorgio uh, TV show with Michelle Yeoh. Do you think they're going to do a backwards pilot or a backdoor pilot? Is that what they're called? Backdoor pilot in season two? Or do you think we've pretty much already had that? You know, in, in the season finale of episode of season one, they, they had that section 31. Um, I gather teats. I haven't watched any of the trailers for season two because I don't want to be spoiled. Yeah. But you can't help avoid some of the promo art that's out mm-hmm. there. And so I've seen promo art with, you know, Captain Pike and Giorgio on the, well, on the, good point. On the promo. So I, I figure that there's going to be something in there about it. I yeah. kind of I kind of hate that idea because I'm really hoping that we move to a brighter place this season of Discovery and not be nearly so, you know, dark and and dangerous as we were in the previous season. And, you know, the, the advertising I've seen certainly strikes me that way. But I will say my concern about the Section 31 show, and we have one more upcoming Star Trek show to discuss. Um, my concern about Section 31 is that I feel like that is their opportunity to lean heavily into the mature themes that Discovery um, kind of presented mm-hmm. in the sex and the violence and the profanity yeah. and, oh, yeah. and things like that. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And, uh, you know, it, it, it's... And I don't know, maybe nowadays that's how Star Trek differentiates itself. It becomes the more mature um, science fiction franchise rather than the family-friendly franchise it once was. And maybe that's maybe that's what they are intending. I don't know. You know, with a Quentin Tarantino movie and Discovery and now the Section 31 thing, um, I, I would imagine Section 31 will leave, lean pretty heavily into those darker under underground elements. Um, so, I agree. I, I, I'm 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 both interested and concerned. Um, you know, it, it at some point it it loses these, and we've said this a couple times about Discovery. At some point, it's not Star Trek anymore. But you know, perhaps there's room for different interpretations in the same universe. I think Star Trek is a big house, and as long, but I, but I think that if you're going to have Star Trek that tells some of the darker side, 
you've got to have a Star Trek that's more bright, right? You've got to have something that's more along the lines of the original series and the next generation uh, if just to hold that balance. Because otherwise, you're right, it's not Star Trek. But I do think Star Trek is a big house, and you can tell a bunch of stories there. Well, you know, to to that end, we have the upcoming Picard show, which I'm pretty sure is premiering later this year. September uh, 2019. September, yeah. So, the, you know, as part of their year-round Star Trek thing, which is September 2019 seems awfully aggressive since I'm pretty sure it's not in front of cameras yet. Um, and then you've got the, the tail end of um, post-production special effects. So... Expect an announcement of a delay. Um, you know, <laughs> you that, are you are so pessimistic, Paul. <laughs> well, it's like we, it's like you you work for Section Thirty One. <laughs> I, I, I might. You don't know. <laughs> um, but the the Picard show has uh, been revealed to take place after the destruction of Romulus, um, which unless you uh, well, actually, I think the only way you would be aware of of that occurring because I'm pretty sure it wasn't actually mentioned. Oh no, it was, um, which would be, uh, related to the Kel, the, the first Star Trek movie in the Kelvin verse. Right. Um, and the, the countdown comic book series leaded in leading into it. Uh, Jean-Luc Picard was actually working with Spock on, on, um, the device that would help prevent that from happening. And of course they, that didn't happen. The Romulus was destroyed. Spock was sent to the alternate universe. So was, um, Nero or whatever the hell his name was. Um, and so this takes place after the destruction of Romulus, the, the furthest forward other than, I guess, you know, flash forwards in, in season finales or series finales that we've gone in the Star Trek timeline. I'm wildly excited about that. I am too. I am too. I'm, uh, you know, it's a, it is a, an, un, <laughs> it's an undiscovered country, Aaron. It is Paul. It is Paul. Um, you know, we, it, it's also how they differ, how they help with Picard's, you know, the fact that, um, not Picard, the fact that Jean-Luc is so much older. I was going to say the fact that Patrick Stewart is older, um, you know, and, and people are in different places. So, you know, we'll, we'll, I'm sure see cameos from other characters, but, um, you know, we, we have certainly jumped forward in time. It doesn't take place right after Nemesis. So we, you don't have to have Brent Spiner, uh, you know, playing, um, whatever Data 2.0 was. Ugh, B4. B4. You had to bring up B4, Paul. <laughs> we are a Star Trek podcast, was, Aaron. Ugh. I mean, I'd rather you bring up Cybok for crying out loud. <laughs> I mean, uh, B4. <laughs> Stupid. No, thing. not B4. The one that ended uh, at the, at the end of Nemesis. Was that B4? Yeah, that was B4. Ah, whatever. That was B4, the ridiculous, uh, you know, idiot brother to uh, Data. <laughs> Uh, sigh. Anyway, yeah. maybe they'll un- maybe they'll unbox uh, lore though, you know. Oh yeah, maybe. No, I, I think that's a much harder explanation. <laughs> uh, unless they, they they say they have reskinned data with older skin, like they did with the Terminators. <laughs> uh, you know, well, you got some old skin. <laughs> yeah. What you wanted? <laughs> He's artificially aged. But you know, the the, the good news is is that uh, Brent Spiner is rapidly approaching an age in which he can play Doctor Sung without all the makeup. <laughs> there you go. Uh, I'm, I'm out of all the announced shows. I'm actually quite excited about, um, you know, Section Thirty One. I'm super excited about the Picard show. Uh, but I, I, I need for them to give it a name because you know the Picard show sounds like a variety show. <laughs> you know, <laughs> no, you don't know that it's not. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> From the Alpha Quadrant, it's The Tonight Show, starring Jean-Luc Picard. This is Q McMahon alongside Amory and the Ugly Bags of Mostly Water Orchestra, inviting you to join Jean-Luc and his guests, Garth Avizar, Commander Tomalak, musical guest LQ Sunny Clements, and Carrot Top. And now, ladies and gentlemen and non-gendered beings, hey, Johnny! Uh, I'd watch it. We'd still watch it. You know you would. Yeah. You know you would. Uh, so um, briefly, uh, everything's briefly. So maybe not briefly. We'll see. We'll see how long this conversation goes. Uh, we wanted to talk about our favorite Star Trek like show, especially as it relates to the latest episode, which featured multiple, well, two Star Trek doctors in it. That's the right. Orville season two started three weeks ago. We we've um, actually almost four weeks ago. I think the fourth episode premieres this. I don't know when the hell that show comes on, but anyway, <laughs> um, we're at least three episodes in at the time of yeah. this recording. Um, and so the season uh, ha- has started off uh, and I wanted to briefly talk about kind of uh, these first three episodes and get your, your opinions on the uh, the first three episodes of the Orville season two, um, I th- I felt like uh, two of the three that I've seen were really good. I really strongly disliked the episode in which uh, Bordis Bordis has a porn addiction and <laughs> loads uh, a virus onto the ship's computer. Um, I strongly disliked that episode. Um, I just it just was too stupid for words. Um, but the the episode is it Alara? Is that the character's name? Alara, yeah. Um, where she she has her big exit uh, a, that is a little reminiscent of Tasha Yar's exit. Not that she dies, but just seems to leave the show too soon. Um, I really hated that she left the show. I thought she had a great episode on the exit. Um, you know, we get to see, as you said, you know, the doctor from Star Trek Voyager and, uh, um, Dr. Flox from Enterprise, uh, playing, uh, various characters on the show. I thought, I, I, I feel like those shows are really well produced. They do continue to feel to me like they are, uh, aping Star Trek The Next Generation pretty damn hard, uh, and, you know, I know this was a complaint you had last year, Paul, that a lot of the humor is misplaced. And I, I felt like that is true as well. I feel like the show really, really performs when it's not yucking it up. Um, I like, you know, the, the, the stakes felt real when uh, the captain gets his legs crushed in the uh, third episode of the season. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> you know, there is no laughing about that. Uh, I, I do think it's a really good show, and I like the writing, and I like the actors. I particularly lo- like the uh, appearance of Patrick Warburton on the show. I am a big Patrick Warburton fan. Uh, you know, he played Putty in Seinfeld, and he voices uh, in Family Guy and American Dad, and um, has been in a bunch of other stuff. I just I think he's hysterical. And I, 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 while I fuss about some of the humor in the show, I, Patrick Warburton is a, is a uh, favorite of mine, and I've enjoyed seeing him on the screen. But what did you think, Paul? 
honestly, I find the show wildly uneven. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and we talked a lot about this in season one as it relates to, and like you said, my concerns about the um, the humor. I find it off. It doesn't land sometimes because it's misplaced, and I I, I find the second season. So apparently the the porn addiction episode was originally the season premiere, um, but they rearranged some episodes. And so we, we, we had two Bordis filled episodes in a row um, and then followed up with uh, the third episode focusing on Alora. And my concern is that like we went from an episode about porn addiction to a pretty serious episode with almost with very little humor that features a rather disturbing home invasion um, and and almost torture sequence. Could you you serve me the sauce with your hand, Paul? Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it was rather, it was, it was, it it jumps so far from both ends of the spectrum. And I I feel like I'm concerned because there's, there's so much good in here, but I feel like we're dealing with, both sides of, of Seth MacFarlane and it's like, just choose one. Yeah. Um, either be the lighthearted, jovial fun show or be the, you know, the, and when I say jovial fun, like adventure action, that kind of thing with some humor mixed in or be more serious or be slapstick. But like you're, you're, the, the injection of all of them, you know, the introduction of Patrick Warburton's character, um, you know, as this uh, kind of elephant looking being who says things like bitchin', rad, man. Sick. Sick. <laughs> he had a boner for me, a professional boner. Um, you know, it is just completely contradictory to an episode where where some pretty dark things happen. So, you know, if for me it's just it lose it's it's losing some of its it's losing some of its repeat um I guess it's losing me. I guess is, is ultimately yeah. what I'm trying to say. I, I am enjoying it some, but I'm I'm struggling to to find a feeling that the show will give me. Right, I, the show doesn't give me the same feel. You know, when you go when I go to a, watch a TV series, it's because I get the same feeling from it every time. And sometimes I'll come out of that element. They'll have a serious episode of the Cosby Show or something like that. But this just feels wildly uneven in the in, in within episodes. Well, you know, one of the challenges for me on the show is that because so, there is such a large chunk of it that's played to the ridiculous and to comedy, it doesn't feel like a real universe. And so at no point do I feel like the stakes are particularly high. You know, I don't go into it, you know, asking questions like, well, what's behind that? And, and you know, what are those people all about? Because it, there's so much of the Orville and don't get me wrong, I enjoy the show, but there's so much of the Orville that seems two-dimensional, it doesn't feel like a real space, like Star Trek does. Star Trek seems, seems you know, very in-depth. It feels like, you know, and I'm not just talking about Discovery, I'm talking about the entire tapestry that is Star Trek. There's just a lot there, there. Even, you know, when you first got into Next Generation, you understood, you know, the reality of the Federation of Pet Planets and the Klingons and yada yada, and the krill, you know, the big bad in uh, the Orville, just seem vaguely bad. We don't know why they're yeah. bad. They're just vaguely bad. And I think to your point, they they need some world building. If they're going yeah. for, yeah. you know, if if, if they if, – and it goes to the what I'm saying about, like, commit to something. Just yeah. commit to something. And, and, and if you need to commit to world building, so that way we understand what freaking – 
federation group are they part of? I don't know. <laughs> you know like yeah, none, what's their mission? But, yeah, right? What's yeah. their mission? It just feels like it's kind of like different stories, but there's no connecting thread. There's no ongoing stakes. There's no – there's nothing. It's just you know the theme of the week. Um, yeah. And last week was porn addiction and this week's Laura. But, you know, like – again, like this this whole – we, it doesn't feel like we're building to anything. It doesn't feel like we're we have ongoing threads or anything beyond, you know, the board is porn addiction came up out of nowhere and disappeared out of nowhere. You, you see what I'm saying? Like nothing, yeah. and and that's just within the ship. I'm just I'm talking like larger scale. Like they had, um, I they had this weird thing going on with the robot character whose name I don't recall. Isaac. 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 Um, you know that that he. He he seems to be getting colder and colder, and they're kind of mean to him. And I'm like, are they setting up that Isaac's going to go bad? But I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think they're setting up anything. I think it just depends on who's in the writing room that day, depending on what will be what happens. And there was a weird scene when um, you had the issue with the doctor's son, right? Yeah. You, and, you know, so there's you – know, Isaac is hanging out, you know, with the doctor to just sort of observe human parenting. And, you know, she's she's reprimanding her son and trying to get him to talk about, you know, what's gone on. And, you know, she's like, well, answer me. And he looks over to Isaac and there's clearly an issue between him and Isaac. And he's like, no. And so he goes to his room and they never come back and address that. What you're left with at the end of the show is Isaac is the guy who who solves who comes to the truth of the matter that it was the other kid who had done all the terrible things. Uh, even though her son was involved in it, he isn't the guy who, you know, hacked the replicators and he's not the guy who, you know, did some other bad stuff. But, uh, you know, so Isaac pulls his fat out of the fryer and, you know, he thinks, thanks, Isaac, that's you were great, you know. But there's we never come back and revisit that look he gave Isaac like, you know, why is why is this guy here when those guys bonded in the previous season? Yeah, it's it, it, exactly. It's like there's yeah. no uh, the the Isaac relationship with the doctor has was previously established, but you know, again, it, it's it feels like there's no continuity being built here, and yeah. and Seth MacFarlane yet, should know better. We've got, but yet we've got the continuity of the Mocklins, right? Yeah, and what Bordas is upset about that his mate had done. And, uh, you know, reassigning the gender of their child. Yeah. Um, so you've got the continuity there. It's, it's, it's really uneven back to your original point. And we have some, you know, some maybe again, some character continuity. But I want to I want to see a lot of what's happened this season has been a, a, a result of things that weren't previously set up. Mm-hmm. Bordas's porn addiction. Bordas has to go pee. Alora is all of a sudden weakened by the atmosphere on the on the Orville, even though they've not set that up at all previously. Um, you know, they haven't hinted at that at all. It just ha- happened all of a sudden. So, and again, you know, we've got this episode next week featuring the Krill, which previously appeared and was was actually pretty uh, well handled. Um, but in the in the episode in season one, but again, it's like if your main villain only pops up once in a season. I just I need some world building for Orville to be successful for Orville to survive past season two. It needs to not be Family Guy in space because that's what everyone expected it to be. And then it came on and people are like, oh, wait, this is good. And then but as it continues, it's turning into Family Guy in space Um, in that. Yes, it's not that dirty and it's not that ridiculous, but in that it has it is literally something you can hop in. 
and hop out and it doesn't make you there's no there's no uh benefit or reward for watching every episode i agree so you know so, it, yeah I, I it's it's not uh it's not dazzling me but nah. you know i'll continue watching yeah same here yeah. well but um one thing i am very much looking forward to is that at the time of this recording in a scant 47 and a half hours the season premiere of Star Trek Discovery will premiere on CBS All Access. What date is it? Is it coming out on Friday? No, Thursday. It's Tuesday, right? Oh, yeah. Today, so I, I wasn't sure when it was coming. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> so th- th- Thursday at 8.30 p.m., uh, I'm assuming Eastern, uh, <laughs> Star Trek Discovery <laughs> uh, will premiere um, on CBS All Access. Uh, I, I saw I, I had no choice. I was watching football on Sunday and they showed a trailer for it. Um, you know, featuring Spock and, and some stuff. And, you know, obviously the trailers are all very high energy, very exciting. I'm looking extremely forward to seeing Captain Pike and how that actor portrays that character. Um, and, and, you know, just some of the new things that they've infused in, in season two. And hopefully they've learned a lot from the lessons of season one and the feedback they received from season one uh, because they took a little break, right? It's not like they just rolled right into it and started filming season two the day after season one stopped filming. They took a little break and they're, and, you know, I feel like hopefully that gave them an opportunity to listen to the fan feedback and make some alterations based on what the fans wanted to see. Completely agree. I'm super excited. For some reason, I thought it was going to be on Sunday night. Yeah, because it was. It used to be. Yeah. So even better. Yeah. Even better. So, yeah, so. I'm excited. Can't wait. So what that means for you guys is that you'll have another Star Trek with Aaron and Polly to listen to next week in which we talk about Season 2, Episode 1 of Star Trek Discovery. Woo, very exciting. Uh, so to ensure that you guys get that, uh, make sure you have subscribed to us on iTunes or your favorite podcasting software. Uh, always you can subscribe to our feed at iomgeek.com. Also, make sure you follow us on Facebook at iomgeek, on Twitter at Ideology Madness, Instagram, iomgeek. Um, and you can leave us a feedback Um voicemail uh, and we can feature you on the show for future episodes of star trek with aaron and Polly by calling the iom hotline 972-763-5903 that number once again 972-763-5903 and if we use your voicemail on the air you'll win a coveted valuable ideology of madness surprise and you know paul we've been talking about all the star trek news and even the you know star trek you know adjacent news but you know what news we haven't been able to discern yet what that the re- the release date for netflix's second season of lost in space i was trying to track that down today still isn't out there yeah i'm surprised uh well it's coming though hopefully it's coming. hopefully they, yeah. they said it was coming but i've not seen any yeah. announcements yeah good point yeah yeah. So, you know, as soon, as soon as we have that information for you, you can be sure six, eight weeks down the line after that, we'll have it here for you to listen to. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> have a good one, guys. Bye. Star Trek with Aaron and Polly is a production of IOMGeek.com. Have a question or comment? Hailing frequencies are open at 972-763-5903. Tribble wrangling provided by... Try Scullion Trays, no troublesome tribbles. Mr. Aponte's wardrobe provided courtesy of Garrick's Clothiers, conveniently located on the promenade.